Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Hello, welcome to the lineup. A look behind the headlines of this week's news in police and law enforcement. My name is Joe Vince, Assistant Editor for Officer Magazine and Officer.com, and I'm joined today by... Lieutenant Frank Borelli, quite happily retired. (laughs) We're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump right into the stories. Um, Sadly, the first one we're going to talk about is the tragedy in Nashville. Six people were killed, uh, three children, three adults, uh, when a shooter um, shot through uh, a side entrance of a um, school, elementary school in Nashville, gained access and began from what reports say indiscriminately shooting at people uh, before officers were able to um, come in and neutralize it. Um, What was interesting of note about this is uh, how quickly after uh, the incident that um, Nashville police had released uh, body camera footage of the active shooter response. And uh, not only in the, the speed which they released it, but also uh, really the clarity um, that gives you a look at what it's like, to, a, a little bit of what it's like to be a part of an active shooter response. Uh, Frank, what did you think about how quickly uh, that footage was released and, and, and what maybe you saw in the footage? So being brutally honest, I have not watched all of the footage uh, start to finish. I know many people do. They're they're captured by it. Um, you know that I, I used to, to. People used to tell me, "Oh yeah, I watched every episode of Cops," and I, I never ever watched the quote unquote reality police television shows. Um, the from what I have seen, those officers did everything right. Uh, I heard one observation that they should have moved faster from somebody who's never ever worn a uniform. Go figure. Um, in, in the heat of the moment with uh, nerves running high, the threat being immediate. Um, it, it's time moves an entirely different way. Sometimes it moves so much faster than you, it, it feels like you're dragging your feet through mud. And sometimes it feels like you're, you're going a million miles an hour and you're really not. It, it's, it, it gets distorted. Uh, perceptions do in, in those threatening situations. And in those moments, I, I want to tip my hat. There was one video and you can see the, um, I assume it's a school administrator, faculty member, and he's giving keys to the police officer to unlock the door. Um, and, and you can tell from his body language and his demeanor that simply being uh, in proximity of the school still, he he can feel that threat. He's scared. Um, and while police officers, deputies, troopers, you know, we all, it's what we're trained for. We're, we're trained to deal with the threat, go to the threat, neutralize the threat, that guy didn't sign up for that that day. Whoever that 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 administrator was, that faculty member, um, he was doing what he felt he needed to do to help the police to respond to save children. And he was overcoming his own fear to do it as best he could. And I tip my hat to him, whoever he is. Now, the question about how fast we uh, they, they released the body camera videos, um, I think it's a great thing. I think that, that the Nashville chief of police has a lot to be proud of. Those officers should certainly be proud of the response that they performed and the job that they did. Uh, I think my only concern is that anytime we replace, we, we release body camera videos, um, 
we we set a precedent in in how fast something can be done. How fast can we release those videos? Um, and in this case, you know, we're proud of what we did. We did everything right. We want to show it off. We release the videos as quick as we can. But that's going to be pointed out the next time uh, there's an accusation of excessive use of force and an officer or two or three or four get accused of uh, doing something illegal and how they handle a prisoner. And everybody wants to see the body camera videos. And it's an open investigation. And the agency is hesitant to release the body camera videos. Um, and they get you know, it might take a couple days, two or three days. And then everybody's going to say, well, you're trying to hide something because we know you can release them this fast. It was done in Nashville. Now, why aren't you releasing them at the same speed with, with as much uh, pride? How come you're not doing that? And I, so we need to remember the precedents were sent. I would remind everybody that when body cameras became all the rage, excuse me, during the years President Obama was in office and, and he uh, touted grants, and I'm, I'm not being critical, touted grants of $44 billion going out for body cameras. Um, and everybody understood Everybody involved in the conversation understood that the body camera videos were evidence and had to be controlled as such, and that they would not be immediately available or immediately released, that they would have to wait the adjudication or the outcome of any investigation and then the adjudication of any charges. And yet here we are with body camera videos being released within 24, 48, 72 hours. Um, that slippery slope didn't take us long to slide down and land at the bottom, did it? No, and... It it, it, I, this is the fastest I've seen uh, a body cam footage uh, released, especially for an incident of this side of national magnitude. A lot of times you have at least a week, maybe, you know, maybe it's a little, maybe it's five days, whatever. And that's the shortest period. Um, but yes, this was, this was almost immediate. Uh, but like you said, I, I, I think too, um, the, what they saw, what the chief saw in the actions of those officers, um, I think they wanted to show the community that, hey, these guys are professionals. They acted with professionalism. And and, and that's something I want to kind of pick up just quickly. Um, what you said about that, uh, that administrator, that teacher who, who gave the keys. I, and again, I, this is pure conjecture, but I've got to imagine that it, the professionalism of the officers helps that administrator stay calm, helps him uh, go back to whatever training that he probably has had, most definitely has had, um, to have to deal with an active shooter in a school. But I, I think that that all kind of plays into, into, into it is that they all know the goal is we've got to stop this. We've got to save lives. And, and, and I think that came through. Yeah, um, I, I think it, I think it did as well. Uh, moving to our next story, uh, it, it tied into this, uh, unfortunately, what we're seeing now in the aftermaths of school shootings, of mass shootings across the country, is almost uh, the next day, um, a state usually away from where the incident happened will suddenly be inundated with swatting calls um, aimed at schools and colleges. Um, the intent seems to be just to cause chaos, to um, tie up resources, to cause lockdowns uh, at the schools. Um, I had done a story um, just, uh, I guess, by summer of last year about uh, the swatting and the, the experts I had talked to had, 
we're mentioning is that, that they were seeing actually a decline in this. Um, and, and at that time, squatting really involved simply uh, targeting one person. So, and usually it was, came out of a video game culture. Uh, someone uh, upset that they, they got, uh, they lost uh, to someone else in Call of Duty and, and they, they call a SWAT team on them. Um, it, now it, it, it's gone to a larger scale. Um, I mean, that's Frank. That's gotta. It's gotta just frustrate departments that they they're having to field all of these calls. And then when it deals with schools, you've got these parents who are also concerned, and they don't know what to you know whether or not this is a real threat or 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 what. Right, but the the people calling in those, the making those phone calls, the swatting, the people calling in, the, the doing the swatting. They don't care about the parents. They don't care sure. about the people in the schools. They don't care about the police responding. They don't care about anything. They're either giggling or they, I mean, and they're just that childish. Oh, I can do this. This is fun. Da, da, da. They're showing off for a friend or they're being dumb for whatever reason. Or they are legitimately trying to hinder the, the efficiency and the performance of the law enforcement agencies involved. I mean, think about it. If somebody calls in uh, a school shooter at XYZ school and that gets put out over the radio. It is not just the local police department that responds. It is anybody that hears the radio call go out, any law enforcement official. So uh, as the example, we had one in Maryland a couple of years back. It's been about five years now. And um, it, it wasn't just the local sheriff's office. It was the local sheriff's office, deputies from the two counties that were nearby, off-duty officers from uh, cities and towns two and three counties away, FBI agents that showed up, state troopers that showed up. Um, and then let's not even start to talk about, you know, the the 50 some odd media vans that all had to rush to the area to get the exclusive. That all creates a drain on services. Now, we, you know, some people think it's just a joke. It's just funny. It's not doing any harm. Well, it does do harm because the officers that are responding priority trying to save lives, they might die along the way. And certainly anybody traveling uh, in a priority an emergency response um, incurs risks while they're driving. So we're, we're risking officers' lives for this quote-unquote joke. Um, and then there's another side to this that I'm, I'm even hesitant to, to voice, but how long is it going to take? When's it going to happen? Hopefully criminals don't listen to this. When's it going to happen where a swatting call goes out on one side of town so that they can get all the police pulled to there over there because every cop's going nobody's staying in their patrol sector and then the criminals can go they can go commit their crime on the other side of town where all the cops aren't you know i mean and unfortunately there's nothing we can do about it you know the all you can do is respond as fast as you can respond the first officer or two on the scene verify it or cancel it and then everybody's got to go back to where they're going um it, it it is a dangerous set of circumstances. It's a dangerous thing for people to do. It causes such an increased risk to everybody who gets involved in it, um, and it's absolutely unnecessarily. It, it's I mean I don't see the humor in it. Maybe I'm just too old to see the humor in it. Maybe I spent too many years in uniform, you know, driving emergency to go save somebody's life. I don't I don't see the humor in this. I I simply don't see where this is anything but a crime. Uh, should it carry jail time? I don't know. It should carry one hell of a big fine and a lot of community service scrubbing out portage johns. Well, I I think uh, a lot of 
um, places are now starting to say that this isn't it isn't a prank um, that it's got consequences. I know Ohio, I believe, has um, passed a, a, a law that increases the criminal penalty with swatting because, yeah, up until that's the other thing. Um, there is no there is no real charge um, connected with swatting at this point. It, it, it's something that legislatures have to set up. Um, the laws to handle this right now it's it's calling in a false police report or, or or something along those lines depends on what happens in the incident if it the incident turns tragic it turns fatal or anything like that then of course um there are, are charges you could come out of that but um yeah i i i i don't think it's a prank either anymore i feel a little bit like you do as far as i i, I wonder if if someone is going to get the idea to to do this a little bit more, um, you, you know, I, I wonder if it becomes along the same lines as people who were who have been shooting up, um, you know, the power transformers and yep. and and trying to screw around with the grids. So, yeah, it's it, um, and again, it, it's one of those things you you don't know, especially in this age, telecommunication age, you don't know where these calls are coming from and, and how to, to be able to stop it. So, um, yeah, uh, I will hopefully, well, hopefully we won't have another mass shooting. I, I say, knowing that that's not going to be the case, but right. that, um, yeah, somehow this gets, this you gets know what, curtailed. Joe, it could be worse as much as I, I think swatting is, is a pain in the butt. Um, at least it's not copycats at all those schools. True. You know I mean? Sure. And we do see an uptick. Anytime there's a school shooting, you see multiple ones across the country. They get prevented or they're they're whatever they are. But I would rather have a false call all day than confirm bodies on the ground when I get there. True. Um, so what's our next topic, man? Next next topic. Um, this uh, uh, very recent. Um, there's a bill going through uh main legislature that um, would allow public safety leaders in communities to classify um, police and first responder suicides as deaths in the line of duty. Um, and this would be a case where that would then the benefits would be uh, their their family would be able to get the benefits of uh, from line of duty death. Um, obviously, this is um, Looking at trying to, in some way, address the increasing problem of suicides among police and other first responders, um, and and while um, a lot is being done um, in, in in addressing the mental health issues, so so it doesn't get to the point of 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 suicide. You know, when that happens, I think um, states and communities are trying to. Uh, take care of the of the families uh because in a lot of cases what leads up to them taking their lives is uh, is could possibly have been from the stress um they've incurred on the job um you know you know go ahead i, I i'm going to piss off a lot of our listeners if they're in law enforcement or public safety with my outlook on this and, and i would remind all of our listeners this is just my opinion not that of the company that we work for or that owns us um I understand the intent and the goodwill that this bill is supposed to bring forth and any bill, any law that supports reducing uh, officer suicide. I'm all about it. We, we lose too many cops to suicide. I, I mean, I, 
I wasn't out of the academy six months and an officer on the agency I was working for, uh, she killed herself. Um, and I hate to say it, she died a long, slow, painful death because of the way she did it, making sure that her body was presentable for an open casket funeral for her parents. Uh, you know, but I'm not sure that this approach is number one viable and number two i don't want to use the word fair but i can't think of another word just how how do we tell people remembering all right look let's freely admit that everything about law enforcement is a lifestyle okay it's a job but it's not a job you walk away from when you get off shift it, it's you know we have a duty to perform even when we're off duty uh you know just because we're not in uniform and on the clock at the moment doesn't mean we're not still police or still sheriffs, whatever, deputies. We we still have this obligation and this duty. Um, so, yeah, it's, there's this, this whole lifestyle. It's not just a job. But by the same token, we're supposed to always remember not to take it personal. Well, the job might not be personal, but the lifestyle, there's no way to not make it personal. Um, it's part of who I am when I'm out walking around with my wife and my kids or my husband and my children or whatever. For all of that, I have a hard time saying that a police officer who's on his third day off, um, he commits suicide. He's not on duty. He's home. He's out wherever he is. He, he commits suicide. He's been off for several days. Whatever the cause is, whatever his rationale is, whatever he's going through, he commits suicide. Absolutely tragic. Absolutely, we should try to prevent it, but I'm not sure it does any good to then turn around and pay his family benefits. And remembering I, I a cop got a cop family. If I got killed in the line of duty, I would absolutely want them to get all those benefits. If I committed suicide, I'm not sure they should, and I'm not sure they're entitled. And I'm not sure that if somebody told me, oh, by the way, if you kill yourself, we've passed a law now that says your kids are going to be able to go to college. They're all going to get psychological counseling. We're going to pay for their groceries for a year. And I don't know what's in this law. I haven't looked at it. But those are all things that um, officers who get killed in the line of duty, uh, there there are benefits that, that the families can take advantage of. Mm -hmm. That's almost like telling me, hey, you can make it better off for your family if you kill yourself. I don't I'm, I'm not a fan of that. And then how, how do we how do we tell. Joe, the plumber. Rob the painter, Bill the CEO, that if they commit suicide, so what? Their families don't get anything except their insurance money. We're not going to take care of them. I get public safety should be appreciated. I get public safety should be taken care of in some special way. I'm not sure, as well-intentioned as this is, I'm not sure this is a good way to go about it. Um, I think they have to be really careful. I like that they're thinking about it. I wish we could do more to prevent officer suicide. I'm not, I'm just not sure this is a good, good approach. And, and anybody who disagrees with me, send me an email, frank at officer.com. I'd love to hear the opinions and the outlooks and the thoughts. I'd like to read them and, and see what we're thinking. Well, it doesn't, I don't think it directly addresses what you're talking about here. I, I think one of the, one of the hopeful benefits of of a of a bill of a law like this is to try to remove the stigma that it comes not only with 
suicide, but also the stigma before all of that, um, especially within the first responder community of dealing with mental health, of of saying, look, I'm having I'm having problems with this and, and keeping it to yourself and not uh, reaching out and not finding support or not finding help to address it. Um, yeah. I think I think there really have been uh, strides in that recently. Um, I think it's now forefront in a lot of people's uh, minds and it, it's not quite the, um, uh, you know, it's it, it's not hidden down. It's not something you just kind of, you have to tough out. I think now, um, I mean, you're seeing departments all around bringing in therapy dogs and, and really looking at, um, at, at addressing that and making sure, especially when you have, when you have low recruitment and retention um, numbers, to keep the guys and women you have um, safe and healthy and productive. Yo, I get it all 100%. However, once we label it as a line of duty death, there are already laws in the books across our, our country in many, many states, not to mention at the federal level, that say if an officer dies in the line of duty, his family gets X benefits. So whether that's the intention or not, that will be the net effect if that change occurs. Yeah. I, and, and that is, is I'm, that's the balancing act. And um, yep. I'll be, it'll be interesting to see if this, uh, if this bill is, it goes through um, and becomes law in, in Maine. Um, finally, last story. Um, this, I put in the don't try this at home category. Um, this was uh, some security footage and body camera footage that was released this week of um, two, um, let's see, two sus- robbery, masked robbery suspects in a restaurant um, who, uh, as police were surrounding the business, decided, you know what, what we can do the best way to get out of this situation, let's climb into the ceiling and we'll hide there. Unfortunately, the ceiling had other thoughts and gave way and they fell right through to the floor. Um, and that was that was that I, I do. It was a one was a minor and the other was 18. Uh, I did like that, um, at least in, in his, his mugshot, the 18 year old suspect had a smile on his face. So I think he found the humor in all of this that we are finding as well. Um, it's, <laughs> And so I will just say that it's not like the movies. It's not like Die Hard. You 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 can't get up in there and think you're going to escape and and find your way out. Um, I know I've seen a ton of stories um, where not only do they fall through the ceilings, but also get trapped, get trapped in a vent, can't get out, and you have the firefighters having to pull them out because they've been in there for hours. So I, I if you. Go ahead. You things have to be as embarrassing as the fire department having to have to rescue you so that they can hand you over to the police department to arrest you. I mean, that that's just how you have public safety giggling at you all the way around. But th- these these stories, you know, um, stories about dumb criminals and, and Darwinism working, they are always entertaining. Uh, you know, I mean, where I sit, I can look up and see open ventilation and I'm looking at this stuff going, I'm not sure if I put my 200 pound body (laughs) in there, number one, I'm claustrophobic. So I wouldn't want to be in there. Number two, would that stay where, cause it's hanging from my ceiling and there's a lot of nails and screws, but maybe I'm just going to fall seven feet and land on a sharp piece of aluminum. Be lucky. I don't 
bleed out, you know, from a femoral artery wound or something because I was dumb enough to do this. I, but the but, uh, ducting is one thing, and I I know I'm overthinking this, but drop ceilings, <laughs> my God, they hang on wires and they're made of of paper. And and have, have you ever seen the movie Battleship? No. It oh, it, there's an opening scene. And it is so much better than Die Hard because Die Hard, of course, the hero crawls all through vent ducting and everything, and he's everything's fine. He cuts his feet on glass. Everybody knows you can do that, right? But in Battleship, this guy is trying to impress a woman, and he goes to the Quickie Mart convenience store, whatever we call them, Stop and Robs, and he just needs to get her a burrito, and they're closing, so he breaks in through the ceiling and falls through. Um, and, and he lands on the top of a shelf. Now, imagine you're falling and you land on the top shelf. And the top shelf is, you know, a whole bunch of mustard and ketchup and other condiments. Thank God they're in plastic bottles now, not uh, not they're plastic, not glass. But he lands on that. He falls off. He lands on the ground. Now, you have this big puddle of yuck with, with all these different condiments and everything that's fallen around him. And all he wants to do is get a burrito and microwave it so he can go give it to this girl. And then, you know, he escapes out the front door just as the police are arriving because the alarm has gone off and they taser him. And as he's falling, he's holding out this microwave burrito to this girl. You know, maybe one of these two kids, this minor and this 18-year-old adult, maybe one of them was trying to impress a woman and they fell through the ceiling in their attempts. Who knows? The the whole... Yeah, the whole robbery all the way around. Uh, Well, that is all we've got uh, for this week. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, Please come back uh, next week for more headlines and news. Um, I'm Joe Vince. Stay safe. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, like he said, stay safe. We want you to come back every week and enjoy these recordings. They're a little less filtered than our normal podcast series. Uh, And we get the opportunity to do fun things like this, like make fun of criminals. Joe, thanks very much for picking out the articles. I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Lineup. Please remember, the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.